is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is Huge Football Club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. After over a month of waiting, the Blues are finally back on home turf this weekend and they'll be looking to secure a first league victory since that last game at PO4. Pompey suffered a third consecutive defeat in all competitions last time out at MK Dons. And that's it. Final whistle has gone here at Stadium MK and it's another 1-0 defeat for Portsmouth. Head coach Danny Cowley hopes to see his side improve not only on the pitch tomorrow, but also mentally too. The way that we want to play, the players have got to have fire in their belly, but ice in their head and to increase the emotion in training and get the players to be able to, to manage their emotions in that moment is obviously one way. He'll be on the show later this evening to preview the visit of Cambridge United. Are you confident the Blues will return to winning ways this weekend? Does Miguel Aziz make your starting 11 for the game? And who would you like to see line up in attack for Pompey tomorrow? We've got all of that and much more to discuss on the show tonight. So kick back, take a seat and don't move for the next 60 minutes. You're listening to yet another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome to the show. Brought to you every Monday and Friday night with the latest Pompey reaction, news and match previews. And this evening is no different. Tonight I'll be joined by the wonderful Matt Corrick and the brilliant Alex Macy to look ahead to the Blues' next League One fixture as well as to refer back to everything else that has happened this week, including a Hampshire Senior Cup victory on Tuesday night. As ever, we want you back home to contact us throughout the course of the show too. Get in touch with your predictions, concerns and general Pompey thoughts between now and 7 o'clock. To do so, you can either text your name and message starting with the word EXPRESS to 81400. Otherwise, you can email into Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Last weekend, Danny Cowley and his side embarked upon their fourth straight game away from home, having played out a nil-nil draw at Doncaster before suffering back-to-back defeats away to Wigan and AFC Wimbledon. The Blues travelled to MK Dons for match day number six of this League One season. The last time these two sides met at Stadium MK, it was the hosts who prevailed by a goal to nil. And little did we know, history was about to repeat itself. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumping commentary. He's gone! This is... We're underway at Stadium MK. It's the Dons going from right to left towards the end where the Pompey fans are. That's a slightly risky back pass back to Andrew Fisher, the MK Dons goalkeeper. He lost it over the top. Sean Raggett ducks under it and then will pass it back to Bazunu. It's a bad touch from Bazunu. It's half a chance for Dons, but Twine can't get his shot away and Pompey at least have got themselves set to defend this attack down the left-hand side. As Morel in centre of midfield plays it for Harness. Harness 30 yards out to the right-hand side. Good attack for Pompey. Freeman into the area. Dicks to the far post. Hackett Fairchild! Oh, he's missed. What a chance. Best of the game so far. His header goes down in the ground and bounces over the bar. Nil-nil. Harness wins it high up the pitch and drives into the area. Across the face of goal. It's loose in the box. It won't initially fall for a red and black shirt. Hackett Fairchild has it still inside the area. Looking to the far post. And he just lofts it up into the arms of Andrew Fisher. Nil-nil. And then it's won by Dons as Boateng finds Twine. Twine driving forward. He's got Parrott ahead of him. Twine, excellent run to the edge of the area. Still Twine lays it off. Parrott, great chance. Great save for Zunu. What a fantastic save. And Portsmouth once more survive having been cut open. The referee says we're going to stop play due to a player down. Still nil-nil. Corner to the far post. Raggett trying to attack it. Loose in the six-yard box and it's going to be cleared away. 
though MK Dons have got nowhere to go, but a combination of Morel and Curtis can't win the ball when there might have been a chance to. And suddenly at the other end, MK Dons are breaking through. Real danger for Pompey here. Square, must be 1-0. Couldn't miss. MK Dons have got their goal. Ethan Robson with his first for the club. Pompey hit hard on the counter-attack. There's nothing for Zunu can do about that one. It's MK Dons 1, Portsmouth 0. And Housen's going to get to the ball just inside the box, but then he can't control it. And that allows Darling to come across and deal with it. And it, more than deal with it, it's 2-on-2 two two for MK Dons. Raggett's trying to block the pass from Parrott. He's done a great job, but Parrott's still got the chance to shoot himself. He gets it stuck under his feet and then drags it wide. And a brilliant bit of defending from Sean Raggett, who wouldn't let the pass come across has saved Portsmouth and ensured it's still only 1-0 to the Don. Throw down the line, and that's it. Final whistle has gone here at Stadium MK. And it's another 1-0 defeat on the road for Portsmouth. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham there with the commentary of Pompey's 1-0 defeat to MK Don's last time out. That scoreline, along with other results elsewhere in League One, sent the Blues from 6th all the way down to 11th in the table. Elsewhere last Saturday, Charlton and Ipswich continued their poor starts to the season with home defeats. Charlton losing by two goals to one to Cheltenham, while Ipswich were hammered 5-3 by Bolton Wanderers. Morecambe and AFC Wimbledon played out a seven-goal thriller, with the Dons coming away with a 4-3 win. Sheffield Wednesday travelled all the way down to Plymouth just to lose 3-0. Sunderland beat Accrington 2-1 at the Stadium of Light in an early season top-of-the-table clash, and Wigan continued their fine form with a 2-1 victory over Doncaster Rovers. I've got two guests joining me over the phone lines this evening. No one fancy coming in to see me in the studio this week, which is pretty sad. But I think we'll let off our first guest, Matt Corrick, calling all the way from Crawley tonight. Matt, a very good evening to you, mate. Evening, Jake. Thanks for having us back on again. And joining yourself, Matt, for this one, Alex Macy. We'll let him off too, as he's not feeling 100%, so better safe than sorry. Alex, thanks for still coming on tonight. Evening, guys. Uh, pleasure. Pleasure to have you both on the show. Let, let's quickly refer back to last Saturday's defeat at MK Dons, then Matt, 1-0 at Stadium MK and a third straight league match for Pompey with no goal scored. Is that the most you know concerning thing to take away from that match? Yeah, of course. You know, I, I think in, in a way, Danny Cowley sort of seems to say it after every game. It, it's coming a bit sort of like a repeat now in, in the sense that, you know, we, we seem to be managing games OK. And, and the, the football that we're actually now getting to watch is of good standard, in my opinion. But just the, the final third, we, we just seem to, to be lacking in confidence. There seems to be no fluidity, no creativity. And we're just not taking any chances that we are getting. You know, I mean, at the start of the season, they were going in and we were necking one nils. But, you know, you can't rely on that all season. And it just seems to have dried up up front a bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about things drying up uh, up front for Pompey, of course, that was a third straight game without a league goal for Pompey last Saturday, Alex. But, you know, even going back to the previous match, which was at home to Shrewsbury Town, the last time Pompey tasted a victory in any competition, even that goal, that 1-0 win over Shrewsbury, that was scored in the third minute. So that's 357 minutes without a league goal for Pompey. Where is it all going wrong in your opinion, Alex? Well, I saw that our shot conversion rate away from home at the moment is 2%, which kind of tells the whole story. Um, I think it's concerning in the flat midfield three that we've been trying to play the last couple of weeks. That doesn't seem to give us much of an attacking outlet. And I think our wide players have been struggling to uh, impact as well. So I think we really need to work out how we can get firing up at the top end of the pitch. Mm. And it was a counter-attack which, you know, conceded Pompey to that goal last Saturday. Matt, Ethan Robson on the counter-attack. Pompey really left stranded at the back. We had a decent spell of possession going forward for probably around about 10 minutes at Stadium MK when they went 1-0 up. Is it also the kind of lapses in concentration that we haven't quite squashed from last season that Pompey is still, you know, criminally falling to? Yeah, I think I think so. The, you know, it, it's one lack of, of concentration and, and it's followed up with, with a lack of confidence up front. So... 
you know, ultimately, when, when we go a goal behind at the moment, it, it's difficult, you know, and, and it's hard to see us to come back and even get a point at the moment, to be honest with you. But in terms of the sloppiness, I mean, if you, if you look at that back line, um, in terms of Clark Robinson being probably the the newest of the four with obviously Freeman and um, Romeo that have come in. But Raggett, you know, he, as good as he's been this season and he, he in, in my opinion, has, has improved a lot, but he still seems to make these mistakes. And I mean, my question on Saturday was, where was he? Yeah. Uh, is Pompey's defence concerning you, Alex? If you look at the stats, only two goals conceded at all this season for Pompey. Of course, you know, at the start of the season, Gavin Bazunu rescuing the Blues on many occasions to see out the victories. But then over the last couple of weeks, you know, even what Gavin Bazunu can do in between the sticks hasn't been enough to prevent Pompey from falling to these losses. Are we fortunate to have such a great goalkeeper at the club at the moment? Do you, do you think if we didn't have Gavin Bazunu in the goal, we'd be conceding a lot, a lot more? Yeah, I think we definitely would be. I mean, I couldn't say that the defence currently is a concern for me. Um, if you look at the league table, we've only conceded two this season and the next two teams are Plymouth and Wigan and they've conceded four. So really the concern is at the other end of the pitch and I think we are very fortunate to have Bazuno in goal and long may his good form continue. Yeah, and, and something rare about last weekend at MK Dons, Matt, was that Pompey actually finished the game with more of the ball, 53% possession. And MK are a team, you know, under Russell Martin, even with the new era under Liam Manning, who's adopted a similar squad, the same kind of tactics. He came in quite late, so he's kind of adapting his team slowly but surely. But they are still playing the same way as they have done over the last couple of seasons. To have a higher percentage over MK Dons, is in itself achievement, but it's what you do on the ball, Matt. And, and Pompey weren't doing anything with the ball last week. No, and I mean it, it goes back to to um, Alex saying about that middle three, um, you know, and, and it, I suppose in a sense it's quite flat. But w what it really should be doing is allowing Tunnicliffe to to go forward. But we can't keep relying on Tunnicliffe like every game. He he's not going to be able to do this consistently. You know, he's not so much even an attacking midfielder. Um, and obviously that's a discussion we'll have later about possible changes in, in that position. But I just feel like there's not enough fluidity coming from the midfield to, to create those chances. There was a, a breakaway last week at MK with Curtis. He had an opportunity to, you know, play it into John Marquis. And all right, yeah, he's not on form at the moment. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure there probably would have been a goal from that. So we just seem to be, be not looking up and, and creating these chances. Uh, and that is reflected uh, amongst the stats. MK Don's 13 goal attempts, Pompey 6. MK 6 on target, Pompey 2. And, and and that alongside this stat as well, the Blues committing 19 fouls. An all-round frustrating day for Pompey last week, Alex. But you've you've got to... You, you have got to be creating more from these chances because at the start of the season, we were we were creating a lot of chances but only scoring minimal at the moment. We can't even create the chances. Where do Pompey improve tomorrow to ensure that this changes? Um, I think we need to sort out that midfield free. Um, we need to make sure that we've got more creativity in the centre of the field, but also out wide. I mean, Curtis wasn't playing last weekend, but he's still not scored or had any assists this season. And on the other side, I think Harness has only had one. And I think we're going to go on to talk about the goal-scoring problems up front. Mm. But if we're not creating those chances through those flair players, then we are really going to struggle. So we're going to have to work out how to get them into the game. Yeah. And um, an email here from Matt Wheatley, who says, Hi, Jacob, the team. It has been a disappointing run the past few weeks, but hopefully we can get back to winning ways at Fratton Park tomorrow. We seem to be lacking creativity at the moment, so I'd like to see Aziz given a start to see if he can be that player we've been missing for so long. There are no easy games. However, Cambridge, a team we should be beating on home soil, I think will maintain our excellent defensive record and win by two goals to nil. With Curtis getting on the score sheet, play out Pompey, Matt Wheatley in Canberra. Thank you to Matt for emailing in to the show this evening. And in terms of scoring goals tomorrow, Matt, it's, it's not as easy as just changing a few players around in the team. Is there, any, is there a need for a formation change, a different kind of approach? 
have what you've seen over the last couple of weeks been a little bit too negative? Do we need to put on another attacker? Where, do, where, where does Danny Cowley change to ensure that Pompey is scoring more goals? Because you mentioned earlier, we can't just rely on Ryan, Ryan Tunnicliffe anymore. No, not at all. Um, I mean, the, the thing for me, actually, the biggest shock, Jake, was Marquis starting on Saturday um, mm. after Harrison's performance against a- AFC Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, I mean, normally, for me, regardless of the competition, someone who scores a hat-trick has surely got to be starting uh, next game. And, and for me, that's, you know, a bit of concern that he wasn't. Um, I mean, I understand there's faith in Marquis, but, you, you know... <sighs> I think Harrison is biting at the moment to to get out there, and I think he wants to prove everyone wrong. And I think that's that's one area that we we maybe need to try this weekend, especially against Cambridge, who I feel like you know at home we should be beating, as Alex said. Um, and and definitely the opportunities of of changing that three and maybe bringing us ease into to create you know these opportunities and and maybe stretch the pitch a little bit against the team that are probably going to come and sit back so it definitely needs to be changed this weekend and we need to be on the front foot from the start yeah let's just quickly mention a, a fixture from Tuesday night Pompey or a Pompey 11 were in action at Basingstoke Town for a Hampshire FA Cup tie um a second round fixture that is uh, the starting 11 consisted of uh, Alex Bass, Issy Cabba, uh, Paul Downing, Conor Ogilvy, Harry Jewett, White, uh, Alfie Bridgman, uh, you've got Pace, Hughes, Gassan Hadmi, Dan Gifford, and Michael Jacobs. A, a team, Alex, you know, obviously Alex, ba- Alex Bass in goal, Paul Downing, an experienced defender, Conor Ogilvy too, but also Gassan Hadmi and Michael Jacobs. That game ended nil-nil, and it had to take penalties to settle that one. Does that go to show that? Okay, yes, it is a much changed side. There's a lot of youth within that starting eleven on Tuesday night, but does that go to show that mentally Pompey are just struggling, struggling a little bit? Because if we can't score against Basingstoke, who are we going to score against? <laughs> um, I'm I'm not quite sure on that one. Um, I think from what I saw on social media, I thought fans were panicking a little bit too much about a Hampshire Cup senior game. If you look at Jacobs, Hadme, Ogilvy, they're not players who've had many minutes yet this season. And I think if it wasn't Pompey, we probably wouldn't be fixating so much on a game like this. So I'm yeah. I'm not going to look too much into that as uh, reflecting on the first team. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but Pompey are, of course, <laughs> in the third round of that fixture. Um, but, you know, of course, I'm a money joke and, you know, it, it was a, a much-changed team on, on Tuesday night. Hopefully Pompey can... Uh, Return to winning ways this Saturday when they take on Shrewsbury Town at Fratton Park. Okay, very soon we'll be catching up with Danny Cowley, who teases improvements to Pompey's academy setup in his latest pre-match interview. We never want to be thought of as an academy and a first team. We just want to be one club where we all help each other. And if we want to have sustainable success and and have that longevity, then we've got to start developing our own players. And we're in uh, the early steps of that process. We'll hear the extended thoughts of the boss after the break. So stay tuned and keep it 93.7. Express FM for part two of tonight's show. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to Express FM and the Football Hour for the latest Pompey preview. The Blues are back in action this weekend and they take on the first of four promoted sides from League Two. Last season, Cambridge United make the three-hour journey down for the latest round of League One fixtures. Got some emails here to read out. One from Alan Swift who says, Hi Jake and co. Albert Einstein's definition of insanity, quote, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the different results. We've been doing the same thing over and over again with no new results. Insanity, question mark. What genius will surface tomorrow? A guaranteed home win. We'll have to find the goals first. We really need two up front, including Harrison, and try him with Hurst for something different. Use Marquis as a sub, it may invigorate him. Anything to try to improve our goals for. He must bring in Miguel Aziz in a 3-5-2 and maybe try a different two behind Miguel Aziz. We have the players in the squad to do so. Use them, says Alan in Southsea on the emails. And also an email here from Dave Byrne, uh, who says a 3-5-2 has been mentioned. I think he's just read Alan Swift's email before I've even read it out. Uh, It's been mentioned as an option for us or maybe a 3-5-1-1. Are we capable of playing that um, he's gone for Gavin Bazunu, Kieran Freeman Sean Raggett and Clark Robertson in the back three 
Tunnicliffe, Williams and Morell as a central three. Marlon Romeo and Ronan Curtis on the flanks with Miguel Aziz behind Ellis Harrison as his preferred Pompey starting eleven for tomorrow's game against Cambridge United. Thank you to Dave Byrne from Liss for getting in touch on the emails there with your starting eleven. Uh, bringing Matt and uh, Alex back into the conversation then and... Look, there are a lot of ways Pompey can try to change and try to influence the game tomorrow, Matt. Miguel Aziz has been mentioned multiple times over the last couple of weeks or so. On the bench last Saturday, didn't feature. Is it time he starts now? Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, I, I think this game's a good opportunity to bring him in um, at home as well. Um, I mean, the, in terms of pressure at the moment, there will be a lot on him, obviously. Um, and if you read anything coming out of Arsenal about him, you know, he's expected to, to be on the fringes of their first team this season. So um, I think we need to make the use of him. But Cowley's made it quite clear when he came in as well that he wanted to nurture him and look after him. But I think now is the time we, we need that creativity and that's what this lad is going to bring, I, I hope. You know, I know naturally he's a central midfielder, but he's obviously, um, you know, got a lot of um, skills in him. And, and I think he, he's got a great ball um, on him as well. So hopefully he can pick something out. And we just, I, I think we just need to start using these players as well. Mm. You know, we've got them in and it was a big deal at the time. So I think now's the time to try and at least use him. Uh, we've got a famous name listening in to the show tonight. Well, he thinks he's famous anyway. Liam Howes, uh, presenter of uh, Pompey Live. I hear he's returning tomorrow, finally. Uh, he says, Ragged has been one of our best players so far. Uh, not sure why he's being criticised. Who, who's criticising Sean Raggett? Oh, you've upset Liam. You've upset Liam. Uh, he's going for a 3-0 win, Sean Raggett hat-trick. And that is something we would all absolutely love to see. Uh, we've got a text here from uh, Mike T and Salsi. Hi, Jake away after a bad day at the office. How was your visit to Nando's with Ryan? <laughs> oh, Mike. Um, it, it wasn't good because they had no tables and uh, we, we couldn't have our Nando's. So actually, not good. We, we tried to go after the game because we couldn't go before the game because the traffic was horrendous and uh, we had to try after and lo and behold, there were no tables. So we just headed home, hit traffic and uh, yeah, we, we sulked all the way home back to Pompey. So uh, unfortunately, Mark, we didn't have that reprieve after the match, but thank you for getting in touch anyway, Mark and uh, uh, Mike, sorry, in Crispy Bacon, Sarni, Salsi. Uh, Mozza, also on the text. Uh, how come all the managers that Pompey have signed... Uh, uh, all the players Pompey have signed and they've talked the talk and they've ended up being replaced. Uh, there was not one that let football on the pitch do the business and gave uh, Pompey and the supporters the best for a lifetime. So Danny Cowley, show us, don't try and talk the talk. Uh, it doesn't work, says Mozer in Portchester. Frustration starting to creep in, Alex, uh, on, on social media, which you, you can understand after the last three or four weeks. Goals have been lacking. Results have been lacking. We haven't won a game. Is it too early to, to, to start to panic? Well, it is too early to start to panic, but can you understand why the, the criticism started or is it just about holding on and letting this team gel? Um, yeah, I can understand fans' frustration. Obviously, with no goal in three games, that is bound to at least raise concern. And um, I think, obviously, the Cowleys have only had this complete squad together for two weeks as well. It is going to take time and we are going to have to be a bit patient. There are Definitely still remnants from the last managerial era. And I think it's it's just a case of time, to be honest. Yeah. And um, if you want to get involved tonight, you can. Don't forget, 81400 is the number to text. Be sure to put the word express at the start of your messages. Pompey at expressfm.com uh, is where to send your emails. You can include at expressfm within your tweets or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Uh, Matt, how important is it for Pompey to be returning back to Fratton Park tomorrow? Yeah, of course, especially now um, all the fans are back and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get bigger attendance than the crew game, um, which was a bit of a shambles, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll, we'll have more faces in. Um, and, you know, have, always having home advantage is, is a massive thing. And I think it's probably coming, as I said earlier, <clears throat> with the uh, against the right team. Um, Cambridge off the back of a 5-1 loss at home. You know, if we can start early and with the fans behind us, I believe we can get a goal. You know, I think we can probably put the sword to them and, and finish the game off and, and finally get some confidence back in the team again. 
the home crowds, um, you know, is something we were lacking last season. Obviously, unfortunately, Alex, with with COVID nineteen pushing games behind closed doors, or the majority of games behind closed doors. This season, albeit only two matches at Fratton Park played so far, Pompey unbeaten, not conceded a goal. The the troubles really have been on the road. Is making Fratton a fortress more important this season than it ever has been? With the, the rebuild under Danny and Nicky Cowley, trying to get back into the top six in League One. The away form's dipping a little bit, albeit, yes, it's, you know, it's only early days. Fratton Park, we've got to go unbeaten again, haven't we? Yeah, and I think we saw how important it was in the season that uh, curtailed how important our home form was because our away form wasn't brilliant. Then that was that flip last year. And I think this year again, we can make uh, Fratton a fortress. I think the fans obviously want to see this high-pressing, high-tempo football that the Cowleys have talked about. And yeah, I mean, it is going to be integral to doing well this year and looking to get promotion, especially if we do struggle to score on the road. Hmm. Uh, Graham Wilkins on the emails. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. Moved house this week and uh, been pretty busy all week, so hoping for a great game of football tomorrow at Fratton Park. Obviously, I'm expecting a win, which will go down well. And after Cambridge got a home drubbing last week, Blues fans will be hoping for the same against them again. Marquis has got to be benched this Saturday and Harrison deserves a run in the team. Miguel Aziz to start in attacking midfield and going for a 3-0 win. I think the biggest topic of conversation this week, Matt, is, you know, the the debate between John Marquis and Ellis Harrison. You alluded to it earlier in the show about Ellis Harrison scoring a hat-trick at Wimbledon, benched at MK Dons and coming on for, well, not really enough time to influence the game last Saturday. John Marquis uh, being handed that start despite his form of late. What about working with them together? Um, I mean, in terms of them together, I, I think we've seen it before, um, Jake, and, and it's not always the best combination for me. Um, and uh, and this is why I, I think, you know, if, if we bring in someone like Aziz, I, th- I feel like we just need that one up on, on their own. Um, and, and I certainly think, you know, if, if we start sort of spreading the pitch a little bit more and, and getting balls out, you know, we've we've got that ability, especially with Curtis. You know, he can whip a great ball in, and and Harrison looks like he wants to play at the moment. As I said earlier in the show, he's he's biting to prove prove the people and the critics wrong. So I, I think we we need to get him out there this Saturday. And you know, Marquis, unfortunately, I think sometimes as Alex pointed out earlier, the stint on the bench will will maybe bring the better out of that player. Okay, then we'll come back with more from Matt and Alex shortly. But let's hear the pre-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He's been speaking to the Pompey media team ahead of tomorrow's game against Cambridge United. Well, Danny, first of all, you had a win on penalties against Basingstoke Town in the Hampshire Cup on Tuesday night. What did you get out of that challenge? Well, I think the young players got an awful lot from it. It was um, a really good game for them. For some of our young players, probably the first time they've played in front of such a big crowd, maybe near 1,000 people at Basingstoke. It was great also for a few of our senior players to play with them. And, you know, you can't underestimate the learning experience the young players would take from that game. Like I said, both the crowd, but also the fact that the senior players are there supporting supporting them and helping them and, and almost acting as coaches on the pitch. And I think this is great. And, and certainly, you know, for us, we want to become one club. We never want to be thought of as, as an academy and a first team. We just want to be one club where we all help each other. And if we want to have sustainable success and, and have that sort of longevity, then we've got to start developing our own players. And we're in uh, the early steps of that process. On to league matters in Cambridge on Saturday. Is the the aim very much to provide a bit of a response after the disappointing defeat at MK Dons? Well, I think it's good for us to be at home. I think in the first eight games this season, we've only been at home twice. I think it's 32 days since we were last at Fratton Park and we certainly enjoyed the first two experiences there. So no, it's great to be back home in front of our support. We're really respectful of Cambridge United. They did brilliantly last year to get promoted. Mark Bonner is someone that I've got to know well over, over recent times and he's someone I've got real respect 
respectful. He's done a brilliant job there. You know, he's worked at pretty much every level of that football club, come up through the academy, worked as first team coach and, you know, took over last season as manager. And in his first season was able to help the club get promoted and they've had a good start. I think Mark will be really pleased with the amount of points that they've accumulated so far. Had some good results within that. Beat Bolton, good point away at Plymouth. I think first game of the season they drew at Oxford and obviously won in the first round of the Carabao Cup and also the Papa John's Trophy. So no, I think they'll be pleased with the start that they've made. Probably disappointed with the result last Saturday against Lincoln. But like I said, they've got a real spirit and togetherness and no doubt they'll be looking to respond to that disappointment come Saturday. In terms of what you've been looking to improve on the training ground, you said after the MK Dons game that you wanted to work on your team's emotional management. Is that something that you can work on and, and can improve on the training ground? I think so. You know, I think for us, just to be aware of it, aware of our emotions, sometimes you can want things too much and maybe, you know, when we've conceded, particularly the Wigan game and, uh, and the MK Dons game, just we were disappointed with our response and the time it took for us to get over that and the way that we want to play. The players have got us, those have fire in their belly, but ice in their head and, you know, that's something that I think, yeah, ultimately to be aware of it and then to train those qualities sometimes, you know, to increase the emotion in training and get the players to be able to, to manage your emotions in that moment is obviously one way. But yeah, no, I think that's definitely something for us to look at. You know, we want to try to be more of an attacking threat than we've been. I think we've got into good areas. I think we've had good controlling games, good rhythm in most of our performances. Probably just in the final third, the chance creation and certainly then being ruthless when we do create those chances. And, you know, again, I go back to the MK Dons game and, you know, with the amount of chances we created in that game, we, we should score. But we know that defending is an 11-man job. Attacking is exactly the same and it requires all of us to work really hard to create chances and sometimes it's not just what you do on the ball it's also what you do off the ball and your movement off the ball and being willing to make sacrificial runs for others to create space and sometimes you make those decoy runs and you don't get the first pass but maybe you benefit from the second pass and this is the work that we're focusing on on the training pitch. Ollie Marsh there with Danny Cowley at the Blues training ground yesterday afternoon. Uh, a good run out for Pompey's youngsters at Basingstoke, as we mentioned earlier, Alex. But Cowley mentioned within that interview the improvements being made behind the scenes to Pompey's academy. Something we've all been looking forward to for, for a very long time now, Alex. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was it's shown the ambition of the Eisners in that sense to fund our academy because... I think for quite a while we've been a club who have produced players. If you look back only a few years, Jack Watmore, Jed Wallace, etc. So I think if we can get a really good academy into the infrastructure, it will only benefit us more in the long run. Players such as uh, Alex Bass, of course, Jack Watmore, Ben Close, Connor Chaplin, Hadji Minoga over the past you know, few seasons. Uh, Matt, go to emphasise how important it is to, to keep your academy at the top of its standard and, and bring these youngsters through into the first team. Something, yes, we have had success in with the players that have been mentioned, but I think what fans are looking forward to is to see that, but on a more regular basis, because... We've seen players come through at the ages of 16, 17, 18 years old. They play a couple of games in the trophy. They play, of course, for the academy in their league. Uh, but, but, but then at, at that point, there is no further step for them to progress with the club. And, and then they end up at elsewhere. Uh, and that's happened too often recently. Uh, and that is something we want to try and improve on. Make that step between under 18s and the first team because it's too big. Yeah, I mean, um, sort of on on topic of that, Jake, there's been a couple of occasions I've been down Bogner and, and gone and seen some of our youngsters that we've had on loan there. And, you know, every time Robbie Blake highlights um, that, you know, what, what's pivotal for these guys is to get men's football. And obviously they don't get that in the academy. And my question's always been, why haven't we had an under-23, um, you know, set up there? Mm. I, I don't think... Um, there's there's been a clear answer to that, but ultimately, if if we can start bringing some talent and and get that sort of academy bringing through um, products into the first team, then yeah, of course that'll only benefit us. And and it seems like with the purchase of the training grounds and and the change um, in in coaching down there, that hopefully you know we might start seeing that in in the near future. Yeah, obviously you know during a pandemic, finances have been strained, Alex. You know. 
by no way criticising any work that has been done because there has been a lot of work done at Fratton Park, by the way, to try to ensure that it's kept up to safety standards to ensure that in the future we can try to rebuild on it. But in terms of the academy to try and improve that, Matt mentions there the fantastic acquisition of a training ground to, to try and improve on that. It's, it's things like this which is making the club a bit more appealing to, you know, not not just youngsters but what want to make their way into the game, but potential sidings to experienced pros who look at the setup and think oh, that's the club I want to play for. It's about it's, it's these improvements which want we want to make Pompey the best club on the south coast. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're exactly right, and I think obviously at the level we're at now, um, if we can get training facilities that are you know, above average or better than most of the teams, that probably will provide an advantage in um, in signing players. And it just it shows um, it shows real belief for the future, and you know, a, a real want to succeed and to you know to to better the club in the future. Yeah. Okay, then you have just under 20 minutes to get involved with the show tonight if you haven't done so already from back home. Text Express and your message to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Tweet in to at expressfm on Twitter or go to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Part three and the conclusion of tonight's show is coming right up. You're listening to the Football Hour on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back to the final time tonight to the Football Hour where we've reached part three of the show, the part where we begin to take a closer look at Pompey's next opponents. Don't forget to get in touch with myself, Matt and Alex tonight. We want to hear your preferred starting 11 and your score predictions too. All the usual ways, it's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. Email Pompey at expressfm.com otherwise you can tweet in to at expressfm or find us over at Facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey live here now with a closer insight into tomorrow's opposition Cambridge United is Connor Mosley Fratton Park is the venue for this weekend's League One action and it's the first time Pompey have been at home in 32 days the Blues will be looking to return to winning ways following four without victory in all competitions. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Newly promoted Cambridge United are the opponents this time around. This is the U's first time in the third tier of English football since their relegation from it in 2002. Since then, they have occupied both the National League, known then as the Conference, and League Two. Here's what we're expecting from the side that finished second in League Two last term. Manager. 35-year-old Mark Bonner is the head coach of Cambridge United and has been since January 2020, taking over permanently a month and a half later, having overseen four wins from seven as caretaker. Bonner started his first full season in charge of the years last summer. That campaign ended in automatic promotion to League One with an accumulated 80 points. During their promotion season, the U's boss picked up two Manager of the Month awards and was rewarded for his achievements at the end of the campaign somewhat four months ago with a new three-year deal. Bonner has a win percentage of exactly 50, having led Cambridge to victories in 35 out of 70 matches since he first stepped foot in the dugout. One to watch. The experienced Wes Houlihan is our one to watch this time out. The 39-year-old Irishman plays as an attacking midfielder and joined Cambridge in 2020, previously being known in the Football League for representing the likes of Blackpool, Norwich City and West Bromwich Albion. Houlihan has netted seven times in 37 appearances for the club thus far and wears the number 14 shirt. Top scorer. Last season, Cambridge had the luxury of knowing their star forward, Paul Mullin, would be there to pop up with a goal or two whenever needed. Unfortunately for Mark Bonner, Mullins' haul of 32 goals throughout last season, which earned him the golden boot in League Two, attracted plenty of attention elsewhere for his services. The 26-year-old now plies his trade at non-league side Wrexham, who tempted Mullin to North Wales with a wage difficult to replicate elsewhere in the lower echelons of the Football League. Nowadays, Cambridge appear to be relying on Joe Ironside, who has four goals so far in the league this season, including a consolation in the 5-1 defeat at home to Lincoln City last weekend. Current form. Cambridge have had a respectable start to their first season back in League One for nearly 20 years. 
Mark Bonner's side have achieved eight points from their opening six matches, defeating Burton Albion and Bolton Wanderers at home in the process. Their record on the road, however, is less impressive, losing 2-1 at Accrington Stanley and recording a one-all draw with Plymouth Argyle at home park. Pompey have not played on home soil in over a month, but have so far seen two wins from two in the league at Fratton Park. Heading into this fixture, the Blues sit 11th in League One, whereas the visitors are in 16th place. So can Danny Cowley finally get his side back to winning ways, or will it be five consecutive games without victory in all competitions come five o'clock Saturday? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A bit more of an insight into Cambridge Fair with Connor Mosley. He's back with Express Floor Fillers following the conclusion of tonight's show. Uh, uh, mentioned within that segment, Alex, no longer do Cambridge United have Paul Mullen. 32 goals for him last season. He's been taken away from them by Wrexham. So a huge miss for Cambridge this season as they embark upon their first campaign back in League One. Yeah, that is such a, a tough role to replace, isn't it? Especially where they were at League Two, to find a goal scorer is pretty precious. But um, the striker who played with him last season, Ironside, he's had a good start to the season with four goals. And obviously, when you have the creative um, player in Wesley Houlihan, you've always got a chance there. Yeah, let's talk about Wes Houlihan as well. 39 years of old, Matt, still going very, very strong. A big, big player for Cambridge United. One that Pompey are going to have to look out for tomorrow. Again, as as Connor mentioned there, Wes Houlihan, he's still going nearly at the age of 40. He's still a very, very good player in this division. Yeah, I mean, he, he just brings so much experience, doesn't he? Um, you know, he's been there and done it in, in the big games on the international stage as well. And, you know, I, I think, as you said, Jake, for, for this league, he's he's still a high standard. And, you know, we're, we're going to have to get on him. And, and it's going to be down to the likes of Williams and Morel tomorrow to, to really shut him down and, and stop him from creating any opportunities. Mm. Pompey could do with a uh, Wes Houlihan right now, couldn't they, Alex? An out-and-out number 10. <laughs> Anyone would do, surely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, the problem we still face, isn't it? I mean, if you look at natural number 10s, My, Michael Jacobs maybe, but prefers to be on the left. Um, Aziz, who's kind of said that he's more of an eight. And I saw on Twitter just today, Andy Moon was chatting to Ryan Tunnicliffe, and he kind of hinted that he prefers to be in that number eight role as well. So... It seems to be that recurring theme of not having a clear number 10 for Pompey, which is a concern. Hmm. Let's talk about Ryan Tunnicliffe and Pompey's midfield and a lot of calls to try and balance it this weekend, Matt, because you know, there's no hiding away from the fact that you know, since Joe Morrell's come into the team, uh, no fault of his own, you know, it's just been a bit of a reshape and a restructure with the squad and the way that the team's playing. But Joe Morrell lining up alongside both Ryan Tunnicliffe and Sean Williams. Prior to that, Ryan Tunnicliffe was, you know, playing ex- excellently. He was leading Pompey to victories. Since then, even his drive, you know, towards goal has been a little bit off the boil compared to what we saw at the start of the season. Is it as simple as maybe trying one match with Joe Morrell out of a starting eleven and, and, and having what we started the campaign with to try and see if we can get back to winning ways there? Or is there a way, in your opinion, Matt, that Pompey can balance that midfield with all three of those players starting? To try and to yeah, try and get I mean, I mean, personally, for me, Jake, I wouldn't be dropping Morel. I think um, the quality that that we saw from him over the summer um, at, at the Euros and you know his international performances recently, I, I think he's he's too good to be dropping out. But you know, unfortunately, uh, Williams hasn't looked you know fully um, sort of fit. I suppose maybe of of the beginning of the season anyway. That's for sure. Um, so I think we we don't need the both Morel and Williams. I think that that causes it to be too defensive. Um, as I said, though, it does allow Tunnicliffe to move forward a little bit. But I do agree, Jake. I think dropping dropping the two back in again is going to be a better option. And then maybe going with like uh, the likes of uh, Curtis, Aziz, and Harness as a three behind Harrison. Mm. Uh, Marcus Harness, uh, another player, Alex, who started the season very brightly. Unfortunately, you know, throughout the entire team, you know, things have dried up going forward. There's no player that you know we're going to single out for that. You know, no one singularly is to blame. But as a team, as a collective, goals have dried up, opportunities have dried up, and and you know that that is every man to look at themselves and to and to figure out why that's happening. But Marcus Harness, another player, if we can get him back 
onto you know onto the top of his form. Ronan Curtis on the other side as well, maybe partnering with a Miguel Aziz in behind the striker if that's the way that Danny Cowley goes tomorrow. On paper, it, it's a great forward line. It's just getting them to work. And and Cowley mentioned within his interview that mentally, you know, emotionally, Pompey haven't been dealing with these games well re- recently. Is that what it comes down to tomorrow? Just approaching the game with the right kind of mental strength? Yeah, I think it does. And I think what we've seen since Curtis and Harness have been at the club is that they're both very gifted players, but they've struggled to perform at the same time and consistently, which is probably why they aren't playing higher up because they they do have the talent to do so. So I think it is about um, mental strength and about making sure if we go behind tomorrow, heads don't drop. Um, keep composed and because because we do have the ability, as you say, to challenge in this league and to win games, especially games like this. Yeah, and, and fighting spirit lacking a little bit as well. Uh, Matt, you know, we mentioned how Pompey have only conceded two goals in the league this season. That's a, a fantastic stat on paper. But unfortunately, when you look at recent results, it's not quite clicking yet at the moment. But in terms of a fighting spirit, we mentioned mental strength, but the fighting spirit yet to recover when we've conceded a goal so far this season. Even when you, if you go back to Wimbledon and the trophy, yes, a great recovery to come back from two goals down and win, uh, you know, come back into a 3-2 position, but to then concede two more and, and, and lose 5-3. The goal conceded, of course, at Wigan, we, we couldn't reply with anything. The heads dropped and the exact same thing happened at MK Dons last week. Is this something that you thought was going to improve under the new management? Because we saw it week in, week out under Kenny Jackett. Yeah, no, I certainly, I did certainly think it would improve under Cowley, but um, in, in terms of, of fighting spirit, I think I said earlier in the show, you know, it, it's so hard for for them to be motivated and have fighting spirit when you know there's there's no goal threat, there's no creativity up front. You know, as soon as you go a goal down, it, at the moment it's, it's almost looking like that's the game sewed up because th- there's just nothing happening in the final third. So, I think that's the difficulty, and that needs to improve. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of uh, emails and tweets to read out and texts to Tim in Portsmouth uh, says uh, Marquis, Harness uh, and Curtis all benched with Jacobs, Aziz and Hurst all to start. Very bold call, Alex. But is it something bold and something as ambitious as dropping John Marquis, Marcus Harness and Ronan Curtis? Is that something that's needed? Is that something that we need to kind of indicate to these players that no one's guaranteed a starting position in this team? Um, I wouldn't quite go as drastic at that at this point, I don't think. I I do agree with Matt that um, Marquise probably should be dropped tomorrow, maybe give Harrison a go, considering he got his hat-trick the other week. But I think when we're playing a Cambridge side who tend to play in a 4-4-2, I think we need to keep to the 4-2-3-1 to try and get between those two blocks of four. Mm. It's just really the big decision for the Cowleys. Um, who they go for at number 10 if they do decide to do that. Do you gamble Aziz or Tunnicliffe there or do you bring Jacobs in the middle? And I think that is a really big decision for them to make for tomorrow. Options are plenty on paper and a very big decision for Danny and Nicky Carley to make tomorrow afternoon when Cambridge make the journey down uh, for match day number seven in League One this season. Um, JC on Twitter, we shouldn't be relying on Tunnicliffe to create and score our goals. Lee Brown being among, among our top goal scorers since McCauley's arrival concerns me hugely. Front three all need to be rotated. Marcus Harness is far too inconsistent. And John Marquis doesn't fill me with confidence. Big change is needed, says JC on Twitter. And uh, uh, Gav Jones also on Twitter. Good evening, Jake. It's far too soon for panic stations. We've been guilty of getting upset too soon in the past and then gone on to put uh, together some great runs things will come together for us soon hopefully starting at the fortress tomorrow going for a 2-0 win says Gav Jones on Twitter who then continues by saying one last thing given the recent struggles on the road is it is fantastic to see that one thing remains a constant and that is the fantastic su- support we have just sold out our 3,000 allocation for Charlton next week yeah fantastic support from Pompey fans 3,000 allocation at Charlton Athletic next Saturday. That entire allocation has been sold and hopefully we can see uh, a much fuller Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon for the visit of Cambridge. I know there's been a lot of ticketing problems over the last two or three matches at home. 
hopefully these have now been sorted and we can see a Fratton Park packed to the rafters. Nonetheless, it is going to be a fantastic atmosphere for tomorrow afternoon's game. Just one quick final word from you, Alex, in terms of how Pompey approached this one mentally. Any, any, any changes? Is it not dwelling too much on the results of the last few weeks and just refreshing and starting again? Yeah, I think so to a degree. Um, I think if you look at how we've played at Fratton Park so far, two wins from two, so you've got to be happy with that. I think it's about playing our own game, making sure that we get that press, the press in early, make it difficult for Cambridge, make sure that we get the fans on side. And, you know, we're, we're more clinical and we create more than we have previously. And if we can do all that, we should be fine. Yeah. OK, let, let's get to where some of the score predictions now, Matt. It's going to be interesting given recent results, obviously. Cambridge aside, just been promoted from League Two. Many might expect that Pompey are going to, you know, walk to victory in this one. Are you that confident? Is it going to be a, a cruise win for Pompey or is it actually going to be more of a struggle than we might think? I mean, as I said earlier again, Jake, you know, if we can score early um, and really get on the front foot at home, then, you know, it could be anything. But, you know, the way I see it panning out at the moment and the, and the way the team are and, and where their heads are at the moment, I, I can just see a professional performance. I think we score and, and eventually in the game we will just break them down mm. and, and finish them off and I can see a 2-0 at home tomorrow. 2-0 at home win for Matt uh, tomorrow, Pompey. Uh, Alex, what are you going for? Yeah, I have to relatively agree with Matt. I think, obviously, we haven't conceded too many so far, which is a positive. Obviously, haven't scored too many, but I think we'll have enough to get past Cambridge, but I can't see it being too convincing, so I'll say 1-0 Pompey. And 1-0 Pompey, says Alex. Uh, Matt Corrick, thank you ever so much for joining me on the show tonight. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and I hope to hear from you again very, very soon, mate. Take care. You too, Jake. Thanks for having us on. Likewise to you, Alex. Have a great weekend, mate, and we'll hear from you soon. You too, mate. Play it, Pompey. Well, that may be the end of the show tonight, but by no means the end of our football coverage here on Express FM for this weekend. Do join us tomorrow afternoon for the next chapter in Pompey's very long season. Cambridge United are the visitors to Fratton Park and all of the unmissable action will, as ever, be right here from two o'clock. Myself, Liam Howes and Ryan Stilwell, we've got all the pre-match build-up, half-time analysis and post-game reaction right here on Express FM. Join us from two on Pompey Live. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Another game without a goal for Pompey at the weekend. MK Dons claiming victory by one goal to nil. MK Dons are breaking through. Real danger for Pompey here. Square must be 1-0. Next up, the Blues return to home soil. Cambridge United, the opponents of Fratton Park. Join us for all the unmissable action tomorrow afternoon from 2. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. I'll be back with Liam Howes and Ryan Stilwell to deliver full coverage of match day number seven. The Blues at home to Cambridge United with the aim of securing a first league victory since August the 17th. Before all of the action tomorrow, though, we've got plenty to look forward to this Saturday morning. A replay of tonight's football hour will be airing between 4 and 5am if you fancy listening back to the show before we've got non-stop great hits up until 8 o'clock when Ian McGuinness takes over for Saturday breakfast. Join Ian for news, weather, travel and sport updates as well as 4 from 40, a chores random top 5, a movies update with John Brown and some upcoming TV and radio picks too. And not forgetting, great music in between all of that as well. Adam Fremantle will be taking over the reins from 11 with more music and updates with what's going on in Portsmouth this weekend before the return of Pompey Live at 2 o'clock. Connor Mosley is coming up next with Express Floor Fillers right the way through until 11 o'clock this evening, which is when DJ Turner James returns in the mix to take you through into the weekend. Thank you ever so much for listening. And if you missed any of the show tonight, you can listen back to it very soon. The replay of this evening's discussion will be uploaded to our website, expressfm.com, as well as to Apple and Google Podcasts within the next half an hour or so. Have a great evening, Blues fans. And until the next time, play up Pompey and good night.